Happy birthday, Stephen. <laughs> Happy birthday, Erica. It's my birthday, which means you felt guilty mm-hmm. about not watching another episode before my birthday ended. And so with a couple of restarts of certain <laughs> scenes, we got through episode five of The Evil of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were done and we were sitting here and you were watching some hockey and yep. And you said, I love watching hockey. And I said, oh, yay, that's good. I said, does that mean does that mean you don't want to watch another episode of Doctor Who? And you said, do you want to watch another episode of Doctor Who? And I said, it's your birthday. Yeah. We can do what you want. And you said, yay, and literally threw your hands in the air. Uh, and we're so excited. And as I said at the end of our last episode, birthday guilt is a powerful motivating factor. So I said, sure, let's try it. Mm-hmm. Within the first minute and a half. Yeah. We had to stop it and rewind it and start over because I already had faded out enough that I didn't know what was happening two minutes in. Um, and you, just, you were like, okay, that's all right. Let's keep going. I fell asleep at some point uh, toward the end there and we had to go back again toward the end. I'm pretty sure I stayed awake for the middle. I'm not sure how much of it actually stuck in my head, but I definitely saw it all. I looked over at you a few times throughout the course of watching the episode and grabbed your hand a little bit and tapped you on the leg a little bit uh, just to make sure that you were awake and functioning. Um, do you? How much do you remember of this? Um, they barricaded themselves in with Victoria, but there was a secret door yeah. that the weird guy... Terrell. Terrell came in. And somehow he managed to stash Victoria before they could get out and find him. Yes. So they didn't know where Victoria was. Mm-hmm. And the doctor found out that What's-His-Noodle was magnetic because of... Electric. Terrell. Terrell was electric because of... Uh, he was magnetic because of electricity. Because he was part of the Electric Light Orchestra. I'm not that far gone. Okay. Close, but... So I'm not, gonna, but now I'm going to call him Jeff Lynn. He was played by Jeff Lynn, actually. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I, I, I'll believe lots of things. Um, yeah. So I, I remember all of that. Now his fiance got him out of there. Ruth Maxwell. Okay. Um, and <laughs> her name I never really caught. No. Uh, so they, so they got away. Um, with who? Did they leave with somebody? Oh, did they take Molly with them? Yeah. Okay, that's good. Oh, poor Molly then was she was she was um hypnotized, no yeah. mesmerized as yeah. they said. Uh-huh. Poor Molly. Yeah. I didn't like that she was she was used in that way. It was sort of like we were talking about how in our previous podcast episode how despite the cl- the fact that she is, you know, um of a lower class, she still gets a pretty good run. <laughs> Until this episode, when they just erase her memory Mm -hmm. of a thing that actually happened. So, that was sad. I was was happy to see her her go and get out of there. So, yay for everybody that escaped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, uh, is there anything else? Um, Probably. I mean, we could recap the whole thing, I guess, just so that I know what happened. Well, uh, Jamie and the doctor had a conversation and Jamie scolded the doctor. So, you know, that after this, we're through, you know, because he was yeah. admonishing about how you don't care about life. Um, and the doctor's trying to justify, I care about all life, not just, you know. Yeah, he said the doctor was too callous, yeah. which is 
I I'm with you there, Jamie. That's that's sort of what it seemed like. I mean, I I know better, mm-hmm. but still, that's that's the way he comes off, and that does tend to be a complaint that I have sometimes with the doctor, especially the third doctor. He seems callous. Mm-hmm. Although maybe I will reevaluate seeing him in context. We'll see. Yeah. Did you know, we talked about the last episode about class mm-hmm. and everything, and about how Jamie didn't care about such things, and now I'm I'm beginning to think. Maybe it was very deliberate because the first scene that we see the doctor in, you know, he's the one who sort of put Jamie through all these things. He's kind of like the the upper class at this point, sort of like pulling the strings and everything. And where do we see him? We see him enjoying a glass of wine mm-hmm. in the trophy room, mm-hmm. you know, and asking Terrell in a very posh voice, I found. I found Troughton was playing that very poshy so to speak oh oh you know oh oh how very untouchable and that sort of like you know Trout never drinks wine like the doctor hasn't touched wine at all I think of John Pertwee's doctor perhaps but here's Troughton enjoying a glass of wine did the first doctor not have wine in Rome I know he had mead in the middle ages that's true mm-hmm. I don't know if he drank oh he did a little bit I, and then he threw it out as he heard the, the he, monastery but. he drank an entire one he, then he got a refill and threw that one out I believe that's true but still just just you know sipping on wine I just I thought that whole um, scene was as you would call it very bougie <laughs> or boozy because of the wine that's true. Uh, it, yeah I mean the doctor and I think certainly Troughton's doctor uses the tools that yeah. he has at his disposal so you know he's he's done disguises when needed this is a dis- just a disguise of another sort he is sort of putting on airs i mean obviously yeah this is somewhat against his character as we know it when they tried to clean him up a few episodes ago and make his mm-hmm. suit and hair all nice he immediately got in a different machine and and rumpled it up and stuff so so being the well-groomed upper-class dude is not his thing but uh when it suits him and helps him achieve his ends yeah he will do it so in order to properly interrogate what's his noodle elo um, Jefflin. Jefflin. Uh, to properly interrogate him, he sort of puts himself in the same social strata to see what kind of reaction yeah. that he's going to get. And he says, oh, you don't eat or drink anything, do you? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I, like, I wonder if we're ever going to get any more information about that or if it's just he was under the control of the Daleks because some black thing that he had in his, his coat pocket yeah. that had to do with electricity and kept him from needing to eat. He was he was surviving on electricity. Kind of crazy, powering people by static electricity, perhaps. Maybe because he was magnetic. And then we had uh, posit- positronic brains. Yep. In the Daleks, in the actual Dalek creatures. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I don't, I didn't know a lot about this story, so I didn't know about the Daleks wanting the human factor. I didn't know about the positronic brains. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because. Every time I hear positronic brain, I immediately think of data. But that's obvious. You know, it's not the first place. I think I don't even know if Asimov was the first person to coin that term. But the robots in his robot series, is, they had uh, positronic brains mm-hmm. as well. I think he might have come come up with that. Yeah. Not not a whole lot of years before this. Mm-hmm. And because the positronic in the in the Daleks, and then the Doctor puts the human factor in there, mm-hmm. and look what he creates. Well, we're still not entirely sure 
what he creates, the Daleks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish we could see it because this would be that would be interesting. Um, they pick up the Doctor and start carrying him around and stuff, and he's convinced they're playing a game. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe they're cuckoo. Who knows? A most amusing game, isn't it right, JV? Says Maxtable as the credits roll in a mm-hmm. curious cliffhanger. Yeah, that was a that was a weirdy. Mm-hmm. That was a weirdy right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also interesting. Um, both Jamie and later the Doctor uh, say the power of the Daleks in this episode. So that I don't think they've ever said the evil of the Daleks, nor. They might have said the evil of the Daleks in The Power of the Daleks, but I can't remember, but they've said the power of the Daleks twice in The Evil of the Daleks. Well, I suppose when you name your stories the something of the Daleks, if you're going to refer to anything of the Daleks in your episodes, you're probably going to be naming another story, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Oh, and then then Kemmel. I keep wanting to call Kemble from the Daleks Master Plan, which is a Mm. planet. Um, Kemmel is... uh, discovered by the Daleks and then forced to sort of pick up Victoria and they go into that cabinet um, where the Daleks have emerged from. Mm -hmm. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. I wonder what will become of them. Mm. There's been very little Victoria in the story. You know, I thought, oh, wow, she's only in one scene in episode two, the one that exists. But she's in one scene in episode three, I think maybe one and four. Mm -hmm. And then a brief dialogue bit. She comes out to basically say her name as if the Daleks are saying, hey, here's Victoria, come and get her, you know, that sort of thing. And now she's sort of unconscious and Mm -hmm. taken off somewhere by by Kemmel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that totally seemed like it was was a tactic on the part of the Daleks to just make her visible enough to tempt Jamie in. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, I feel like that would work really effectively as just a a mind like just a messing with her mind sort of technique to slowly drive her insane to have her every so often every few minutes have to walk out on a balcony and be like asking who you who she is over and over again like that would eventually drive you a little mad i would think it's a weird bit of torture you know basically saying you have lost 70 ounces or however many Seven ounces since, so 70 is a lot, seven ounces since the last, you know, I'd sort of like eat what you are told to eat and like, what's your name? Or food will be like force fed you or whatever. Yeah, I know. There's some weird torture going on with the Daleks and Victoria, Mm -hmm. um, perhaps to keep her strength up in, it's quite a plan, quite a plan that the Daleks are hatching. I I, I wish these, these episodes would exist because I just find the, um combination of like old-timey victorianness victorianness with daleks like daleks wandering around this old house it's just a neat visual contrast you know honestly it's bordering a little bit on steampunk which i can't stand so <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna say i'm a fan of it in the same way it's I, I like the idea i do like that like the the closet door the Daleks keep going like the cupboard mm-hmm. is is shaped nicely for Daleks and the hallway that they move Victoria through is nicely shaped for Daleks so it's right. just I mean there are some architectural touches that are you know in story coincidence but uh, work out kind of nicely so you know it's it is it is interestingly anachronistic yes I think some of it was on location too. I think they found uh, a location of a house just by judging by some of the telesnaps. It looks like some of the stuff were, you know, um, 
stuff, which they didn't usually do. They usually do, usually do location stuff indoors. It's mostly like, you know, out in a field somewhere or something like that. So there are many aspects of this production that I would like to see and have confirmed for me because it's an intriguing thing. Yeah. yeah. It's a plane or a helicopter flying around. Yeah, it's been going back and forth in front of the window and that's not a thing we usually see. So I'm getting distracted by it. Also, also, I'm very sleepy, so just like anything's like, ooh, pretty flashing light. See, there it goes again. It's just circling. There it is again. It's like, it's like Doctor Who has a helicopter sometimes in their mm-hmm. stories, and it costs a lot of money, and probably Edmonton with their mm-hmm. one police helicopter circling around is probably doing the same thing. Who knows? Oh, no. Is there a manhunt? We better check Twitter. I, I don't... As a man... It might be just uh, a ne'er-do-well, having mm-hmm. done ne'er-do-well things, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe they're searching for him. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. That's a manhunt, or I mean, I guess it could be a woman hunt. Well, I don't. I don't think the person is like gone on a shooting spree, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm. I'm sure I was looking okay. at Twitter. I okay. think. I think we're fine. Okay. I don't think it's a Dalit. I don't think it's t- Terrell or any member of ELO wandering around, <laughs> wondering why the Daleks aren't controlling his mind anymore. Okay. Well, if you're sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So episode. It's funny. Uh, um, I was saying to you before we watched episode five about how I haven't seen this episode in a while, and I haven't only seen Evil of the Dogs like three or four times, and so um, I'm forgetting what's coming next. And then so when um, the Daleks came out at the end, they go, "Oh right, that's right. The Dalek. Those Daleks are are here." Um, I, for some reason, I could not put in my mind what was going to happen over basically episodes three through six. Um, I kind of had an idea what happens in episode seven. So this is kind of a rediscovery of this story for me. It's kind of fun. Well, happy birthday then. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I won't. Uh, there's technically still about 50 minutes uh, before the end of my birthday, which technically is enough time to watch another one and record a short podcast. But because I care about you so dearly, <laughs> I am not going to force you to watch mm-hmm. episode six of The Evil of the Daleks tonight. Mm-hmm. But... That is very kind of you. It, it, to, to make that happen, you would have to just physically keep shaking me back and forth for the entirety of the episode. Yeah. And I'm not sure how much... Like, I had enough trouble absorbing what happened in this one. I don't think I could take it that way. I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I will ask this of you. Uh-oh. It is 15 minutes left, and I can ask. I can ask five zero. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the third of February, of course. Um, uh, It's another eleven days before we leave for Gallifrey One. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can can we finish the story, even though we have some busy nights ahead of us, Mm -hmm. to not be able to watch Doctor Who? Do you think we can get two more episodes in before Gallifrey One? Because I think that'd be a nice little, Mm -hmm. you know, break point. We can probably manage that, good. I would think. I am not promising anything, mind no. you, because we don't do that. But mm. uh, but I do think that that is a, a noble goal to have. Good. Then we won't talk about Gallifrey 1 this right now, other than we hope to see people there uh, who perhaps listen to this podcast um, at Gallifrey 1 in Los Angeles from February 16th to 18th. Mm. But we're going to totally watch two more episodes of The Evil of the Daleks. Not tonight. Sometime before we leave. We hope. We'll try. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night.